Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Network Hour podcast. I am your host, Molly Kreese, and today I have a special guest with me. You have no idea how hard it is to get this person, but I am honored that they find some, find some time to sit down with me to talk. And so I want to welcome our special guest, Mr. Nerville Barrington. How are you today, sir? First of all, I'm never too busy for you. So let's just put this out there. It is, it is a great pleasure to be with you. Um, I'm so proud and so happy um, all your accomplishments. Um, and happy to be sitting down talking to you today. So um, thank you. You're welcome, you're welcome. So just a little bit about <laughs> this, uh, this guy, this person in front of me. He is uh, the chairman of the Barrington's of Brooklyn LLC with holdings in B Celerator Inc. And we will hear more about that soon. He's the CEO of Tech Avenir Group, government contracting, CEO of the Black Net App, VP of P Baby Inc., VP of Marketing and Communications for the National Black MBA New York Metro Chapter, and BA. he earned a BS from CUNY Brooklyn College and an MBA from Rutgers Business School. So you see why it's hard to get her. All of this stuff, I don't know how one person can get through all of this stuff, but okay. <laughs> so, uh, Novel, first off, we want to talk, uh, tell me, tell me, and I do this with all my guests, tell me a networking, a networking story that really stood out to you. Uh, I would say there was, um, there was a networking event where, um, it was my, my, it was in the beginning of my, I say my career, and I'm a people person. Uh, I'm a 100% extrovert. Um, and I got into a room in a space where I knew no one and no one looked like me. Uh, and it took me about, about two minutes to figure out if I'm really going to come to this event and really accomplish my goals, I'm gonna step outside the box. Um, and I really had to make sure that I was uncomfortable being uncomfortable in this present space. Um, because again, most of the individuals now look like me. Um, and it's just started with one person, then another person, then another person. And then what I realized is that in this in this particular situation, I could have actually left. I could have actually came to this event um, and really maybe stood for about five minutes, paid my paid my money, and then went home. But through that, through me really challenging myself, I really realized that in order to really be in it you have to put yourself in it in order to accomplish your goals, especially when it comes to networking, because networking is an art, as you you know well know, um, there's some things that you really got to make sure you are comfortable with and being uncomfortable in a situation where you don't know anyone, you don't know anyone that kind of looks like you, um, you can really damage yourself long term. So put yourself out there. I'm glad I actually did. Um, so going forward, that really kind of set the tone for just really making sure that regardless of what the situation is, if I'm at an event, I'm, I'm networking effectively. And that's really making sure I'm uncomfortable and being confident in myself. Yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely been in those positions where I'm, I'm the only one in the room and you have to try and, and really network. So that's, that's an awesome story. So tell us about who Norville is. Who is Mr. Barrington? So, I mean, to the core to me, um, I'm a creator. 
I've realized about myself and everything that I've done in my career, everything that I've done um, personally, um, family-wise, um, I love to create. Professionally, it really just comes by way of just the skills that I've acquired over the course of years, some of the innate skills and things that I've learned. Uh, professionally, uh, socially, and come in, in terms of marketing, in terms of theater, um, acting, um, really being able to manage personalities, but also get the best out of people. One of the things that I'm proud of, and I've learned this about myself, is that I'm a risk taker um, because I'm in a, you know, I grew up in an environment where if you didn't take risks, you would stay in the same position that you're in. And I think successful people take calculated risks. Some of the risks I've taken before in my life were, they weren't calculated, but I at least took the risk. So I'm definitely a risk taker. And I would say above everything else, I'm a visionary, um, being able to be able to look at uh, spaces where there's nothing there and be able to create something, both from the strategy perspective, but also the implementation. Some people say one thing, but they're not hands-on as well. So you gotta be able to do both. So, you know, I'm a creator, I'm a visionary. I love people. I love to see our people win. Um, and, and at the heart of it, um, I think we're all called for a purpose and the purpose is higher than us. As long as that purpose is bigger than you. Uh, and that's, and that is for me, that's what I'm driven by. I'm driven by people and driven by things that are bigger than me. So what does it, what does it mean to you to be this is a what does it mean to you to be a black man in America today, both personally and professionally? Um, for me, I've learned over the years, even recently, that um, being black as a black man is being I'm being looked at as a black man. I think that's first off. I think when it comes to black people, it's really about how people identify us sometimes, in most cases. Uh, to the core of me, I'm Guyanese, um, Caribbean background. Um, so there's little dynamics. So th there's different cultures within black. Um, but I, I kind of work in, this, in the space of understanding how people view me first. And then also then going, back, then going down to the different, you know, the segments of being black, whether you're African American, whether you are um, Native African to America, uh, whether you are um, a person that's from the, the continent of Africa, recently coming here, or you're Caribbean. Um, so I look at it from those particular realms, and for me, it's very um, it's eye opening how it's eye opening professionally and personally how social and economic factors affect all of what we think and, and what we do. So from the core of me, I think being black is being able to understand the social economic factors of how people view you, how you respond to that, and what are the devices that are working against us. But also rejoicing who we are as a people. We're overcomers, we're people who have not only done a lot, but we also need to do more to hold self accountable um, to make sure we continue to move as a, as a unit. and. Of course, you understand that that's not the case for everyone, but it, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. I can say it with a smile on my face. It is very rough. It, it is rough. Um, even at my age, I just turned 40 um, and I'm excited. I'm so, so excited. I'm not even in my prime. You cannot. You, 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 I'm, I'm so, so excited. 
But I also know that in the next 20 years, there's a number of things that I want to accomplish. And I also understand that as a black man, there's things that um, I want to be able to pour into other people and also uh, continue to learn it, at, you know, so, but it's difficult. It's, it's difficult. It, it is really difficult. There's days where I feel like um, I feel defeated. Not that I feel, not that I am defeated, but, you know, um, I feel the, the pressures of the world on me. And that part is something that you kind of have to shake off, but you have to acknowledge it. Um, and I think lastly, I would say that as a black man, um, being able to be in tune with you, you know, being into spiritual and mental and socially are all important. So you cannot bring, you can't be one way somewhere, another way, some, another somewhere else. You really have to bring your whole self. So being a black man, you really got to make sure that you are comfortable bringing your whole self and being able to manage those, you know, depending on where you're at. So it, it, it's in all, it's, it's great being a black man. I love being a black man. Um, but it's also difficult. It is. It's truly difficult. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, it's so important, important to have uh, support. And when you have those, those times when you feel like, you know, you want to give up, you don't want to go anymore. Uh, that support uh, there is, is, is very, very important. So um, talk about that support that you have, who not necessarily to name names, but how is that support and how important is that support, even not just as a black man, but as a professional, as a husband, as a father, as a father and all those, all those things. So when I think about support, I start with, you know, I, I start with it spiritually coming from God and also being able to be in tune with what he wants me to do and they were really leading on him. At home, it's really my wife and my family um, that really kind of ground me in terms of making sure that, that regardless of what's going on around, you know, you're still a father, you're still a husband, you're still all these, all these things that are important, which, which are, are good. They have a core set of friends where, you know what, no matter where you go professionally, wherever you go location wise, that base is the base that really reminds you of your journey. They remind you of your journey. And I think that's so, so important. And then you have people who have come in and really have made a double mark in my life. Those people professionally, socially have really um, helped and propelled me as well. I don't lean on one base only. I think it's important to get different perspectives. And I think people um, have uh, certain places in terms of how they feed you, how you support them and how your relationship is but they're all equally important. They're all important because they ultimately shape who I am. Um, and I don't live in an island. So, you know, so, that, and so even when it comes to our relationship, there's things that I lean from you, even without me even connecting with you, um, you know, without even words being shared. Um, and, and I think as you go through the journey of life, you have to adjust and you have to change some of those perspectives and it doesn't mean it's a bad thing but it just yeah. means that in this part of your life in this part of your journey there's a different voice there's a different um uh, uh base that you need to kind of go to with your core your core being your core but there's certain elements that have to change in order for you to develop and that's for me that's something that i lean on more than people might even think a lot of things that i say a lot of things that i do um you know they're inspired by the people who who inspire me who push me you know, so um, I, I think that that is crucial in, in the journey that I live. 
Yeah. You know, you talk about journey and it just brought me to something. Last night I was in a clubhouse room uh, run by Curtis and the topic was about running the race to get the prize. And so it was such an interesting topic because we were talking about your preparation before the race. And even when you're running the race, along the way, there are those people that are there to support you and to help you. First, there are your friends, your family or fans that might be there cheering you on. And then there's the people that would be handing you out the bottles of water so that you stay hydrated and stuff like that. There's medic that is along the line on the way that if you fall, they t pay attention to you and you can get back up and continue to run the race. And so there are all these people along the way when you're running the race. And I think, I think support is so important. Sometimes we think that we have to go at it alone and we don't. So, so let's talk about your journey. Let's talk about your preparation aspect. And also let's talk about uh, your journey from where you were to where you are now and how, how you got there. Wow, um, we'll be here for hours. But one thing <laughs> I would say is um, there's things within people that, that, that are innate and there's things that need to be cultivated. And then there's things that you learn along the way. Um, when I look at a race, um, for me, it's more of a marathon if it is, a, or a race to me is more of a season. And there's different games within the season, but ultimately the end, the goal is to win a championship at the end. Some people just think it's just like a one-way like a, a one-time interval and that's it. And that's just not the case because as you're developing, there's different challenges along the way. Um, professionally, I, I really started backwards. I really started thinking that I can use my, um, the things that I've, I, I know intuitively to really go into the professional world and really just um, be successful. And what I ended up learning was that there's a bigger game that you're working within. So what that means, what that meant for me was understanding that there's devices and there's things that will prevent you from moving up. So I actually had to take a step back from, you know, not going to school and really understanding how the social, the economics work of everything. And once I understood that and also understand the social economics and also understood where I lived and where I wanted to be, for me, education was important. So I actually end up um, working full-time and going to school full-time throughout my entire, um, I would say my entire academic career. So that was really opportunity to start at BMCC uh, and really start over and get my, and, and we say, I would say to tell people, wash your face and get your mind right. That really, and there's people there that really um, propelled me and helped me to get focused because it was a focused thing. But as you get older, you have to, you have responsibilities. So now that plays into working and going to school full time. So I did that, um, went to Brooklyn College, went to school full time, worked full time. And you know, that's taxing if you live in New York City, a lot of people can attest to that. And then went to B school and did that full time and went to school full time. So I did a part time program and I actually finished the program within three years while still understanding the entire game. And without, with, throughout each step of the way, there were different companies that I worked at, working at Geico, 
working all state working at Geico doing marketing advertising realizing that there's something more to that um, then going to New York Times and now being part of a bigger corporation where people did not look like me and for me that was like showtime but also most realizing that hey that's just one piece of what marketing is and I understood that if I'm going to be successful I need to advance my career and also to be successful in order to use it as a step a stepping stone going to B school was critical so um, leveraging my experience the, the work that I've done and ultimately uh, landing at Rutgers Business School was a big accomplishment but when you go to B school as you all well know that's just the beginning of the game mm -hmm. so understanding that ecosystem was just huge and also understanding the, the salary ranges and, and negotiations and the skills that I've learned, um, that really propelled me to say, if I'm gonna to go to B school, and this is for anyone there, if you're gonna do anything, how are you maximizing that opportunity? For me, I'm gonna maximize, I maximize the opportunity to get the most I can get or based on the scale of what people graduate with with the, with the salary. I was able to do that was able to then um, intern at Mars Chocolate North America, working on the chocolate brand. I was able then to uh, go to um, uh, get a career opportunity working doing brand management at Mondelez Craft. I was working on the, I think one of the funniest things that happened to me when I started my career was one of the brands that I worked on, worked on Honey Made and Teddy Grahams. And then one of the brands that they wanted to give me was Barnum's Animal Crackers. I'm like, oh, I used to eat this as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, they told me, they told me, look, in brand management, people don't know this, there are about three or four people making decisions for a brand that you eat or a brand that you consume or use throughout the entire world. And I was the one person that was responsible for this one brand. I had other brands I was responsible for. They told me, hey, we're about to take off the string. They were like, look, we have some dynamics that we have to figure out. You need to figure out how we're going to change this packaging. And I was the person that took off the string off the actual carton. And made a cardboard because of whatever reasons. I mean, it's a long story. And I realized, oh wow, this is big. But then I realized there were bigger things that were happening. So I then said, you know what, if I'm gonna go into brand management, if I'm gonna be successful, I need to work on bigger brands. So I was able to uh, do well on the s'mores campaign and national s'mores partnership with Hershey and Kraft. And then a big opportunity came by way of um, leading trips away from North America. And that came my way because someone actually, there was changes within the company and it was a time period where I was able to run the whole entire gambit for, for a considerable amount of time. Um, with all that being said, I just felt like there was just still more out there, but I needed to acquire the skills in order to prove that one, I can do it. There's a critical learning lesson there, but also there's the entrepreneurship side. And throughout my entire career, I've acquired a number of innate opportunities, things that I've been able to do on my own, but there's professional things that you learn, I call it training ground, in order for me to be, start to be successful from my entrepreneurship side. Um, the one piece here that I would mention here, now I'm at um, Blue Cross Blue Shield as a director, um, and I'm learning, not learning, but I'm doing strategy to create new innovations on the healthcare side and bringing in new opportunities to real, really look at, look at the cost of care. I'm like, well, how does brand management, cookies, healthcare, all these things come into play? And it actually has. Um, the opportunities that have been presented over the last like three years have really propelled me, which you know I wanna share with you, but it's been a journey. There's so much um, within that. And I would say the one thing that has been consistent is that I started doing the, I started my career really doing theater 
I really wanted to create stage plays. I wanted to be on Broadway. I wanted to be the next Tyler Perry. <laughs> and even with that, even with that, there's a finance side, marketing side, yes. management side, human resources side, stage manager side, equipment side, supply chain. Um, there's a whole gambit when it comes to theater, but I really want to do theater, not knowing that it wasn't about theater, it was about creating. And throughout my career, um, I've been able to create um, and really be able to look at opportunities to see them not only for what they are, but how they can benefit people around me and myself included. Wow, that, that's, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, so you talk about all of this. Let's dive into the projects that you, that you do and that you have going on. I especially want to talk about this one first because, again, I was in another clubhouse room talking with a lot of different business people and entrepreneurs, and they were talking about the topic of promoting Black business and collaborating and coming together. And one of the uh, things that came up was that carb in the barrel mentality and how can we overcome that because there are people who want to think oh I don't want to teach you this or, or I don't want to tell you this or I don't want you to put you up on that game because I don't want you to go further than me I don't want you to get higher than me and one of the things that um so I remember someone saying she was like oh we need something like an app that can all the black businesses can come together whatever and i was like I, I sent her a message in the back channel and i said i know someone who created an app like that and 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 that's the same i think it was the day before two days ago i saw you posting about an app in relation to what they were talking about on instagram so i want you to talk about the the black net app and talk about how it came into being and, and why you why you were a part of it? So I think it starts with the fact that um, if you make $0 and you own 100% of the company, then you, at the end of the day, you have $0. Most people think that that kind of in the barrel mentality is so poor because it is really truly collaboration, partnerships that allow people to propel themselves. And what I've realized in my career, and I knew this instantly is that you have to be around people that want to collaborate, who wanna see things grow. People who wanna hold on to their 100% of a dollar, that that's totally, totally fine. Um, and I've had opportunities where partnerships really benefited both parties especially when it comes to a common goal. I was able to connect with um, my, one of my business partners, name is Angelica, who is the founder creator of the BlackNet app. Um, and we talked, about, we talked about the vision and instantly we, we clicked. Um, after many conversations, we thought this is a partnership that we really wanted to do. Um, and the BlackNet app was created specifically to really empower, promote, and advanced sales for people of black business owners, people of color, BIPOC. So that's critical because in this day and age where um, companies are being centralized, there's there's so not gonna say monopolies, but there's strong market shares of companies, especially as it relates to getting your word out and, and, and being able to have a platform that you can use freely to get your business out there. There's no 
business that's focusing on our people. So what we ended up doing was we went past just the business directory, past just, hey, here's a list of businesses. Mm-hmm. A real social app that really combines the engagement um, that you're used to and you're familiar with, the business directory, but also the opportunity for business not only to promote themselves, but businesses to have classes, to um, help hold events on the app, for people to actually hire on the app through our career board, and ultimately for those businesses to now gain revenue to actually have a true e-commerce experience. We released the first beta of our app, uh, and I'm happy to say that it is going very, very well. And for those of you who, who are listening here, try it out. We want you to check it out. It's on blacknet.com. The app is available on iOS and uh, Google Play as well. So you can use it uh, on, by, through your app store or even use your desktop as well. And in the upcoming weeks and months, we're going to be releasing new versions as our resources gain. And as we um, get more people on the app, you'll see where the intersection between various apps that you're used to will be very familiar, you'll be very familiar with not only this experience, but also see the benefit of doing that. Um, so when it comes to people of color, I think it's very important for us to have a, a, a platform, us to have a say, but also to show the results. At the end of, at the, end of the day, the, the app has to work. It doesn't matter who owns it. Let's, let's, let, let, let's, let's keep that also in mind. We are not, and I think people think that because you are a person of color that you have to um, say, hey, come support me. We want you to use the app because we think it's a, just a really dope app. It just so happens that we focus on your community, which is our community, <laughs> yeah. and it's owned by Black people. So a lot of apps that we use are not Black-owned. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of products that we use are not Black-owned, but we use it because it's good. So I think that's something that we want to just, it's not about support. It's about making sure this is an app that works out for you as a business, as an engagement factor, and it happens to be Black-owned. And then, of course, it focuses on our community. So definitely, definitely download the app. We have a lot of we have a lot of announcements. We have a town hall on October 25th. We'll be announcing some new um, big announcements on the town hall on the app itself, and it's a great way to engage. Um, and really, as a business, as a as a person of color that has a business, an entrepreneur, a uh, a small business owner, this is a great platform for you, dedicated for Black business owners, people of color. Definitely, definitely need to um, support that. And, and it works. It's, it's so funny when, when I heard about Clubhouse and when Clubhouse came out, I was told that there was another app that was doing the same things that Clubhouse was doing that was black owned, but no one was talking about it. So I think, I think not only the app has to work, but we also have to show support and give our dollars back in our community instead of, instead of um, putting it elsewhere. But, but that's another topic for another day. <laughs> and, and, keep, and keep this in mind, keep this in mind. There's so much grace that's given to companies, um, products that we've used where you've used an app and I'm gonna call out maybe a, a larger app that probably everyone uses, but the emphasis is the app didn't look that way. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the blogs that we listened to, they weren't as big as they are now, no. but we still, you know, so, you know, so there's evolutions and there's, um, but there's still, but at the same time, there's still a standard that we should hold ourselves to, to make sure that, hey, at minimum, these apps need to do certain things. A business owner, if you're listening, if you're a business owner, you need to be able to deliver on what you say you're going to do, period. Small, big, 
medium, you need to deliver on that. Set the expectation of what you can deliver and people will give you the opportunity for you to do well, but you have to set that expectation. If this is what you can do, then just do that thing and just do it really well. Don't take on more than what you can chew and don't promote yourself as bigger than that you are. Great advice, great advice. Quickly, let's talk about the, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, the Pay Baby, the PBB yeah. app. <laughs> I had the opportunity to listen uh, to a presentation when you guys were given it, but just give us a, a short bit on, on, on that app as well. So that app, um, that's Digital um, Neo Bank that really focuses on empowering the Black and Brown community to really uh, use um, digital um, tools in order for you to make better financial decisions. Our bank is FDIC insured. Um, you can use um, the debit card and 32, uh, 32,000 locations. I have the card, I use my card regularly. The best thing about this app is that one, it integrates with all of your other banking apps. So you can actually put all your information by just linking your, your other external accounts into this app. And you will have opportunities to have free checking, free savings with us. Um, it's a debit MasterCard. You can do transfers as well. Um, and you also do roundup savings as well, which means that for every dollar that you spend, you can say, yo, you know what? I want to put four cents into savings. And it automatically does it by every transaction. Um, and I think the coolest thing is that we have an algorithm that tells you, hey, you're spending too much on Uber Eats. You're spending too much of your revenue in a certain area. We, we've all done, it, especially in this panorama that we all, <laughs> that, we're, that, we're, that we're living through. But ultimately, it's about better financial decisions, especially as it relates to people who use who go to cash check in place and spend like five, 10% to cash their check, early direct deposit by two months, I mean, by two weeks as, I mean, I'm sorry, two days, two days, two, two days. Um, we now have NFTs as well. So if you're familiar with cryptocurrency and NFTs, you have non-fungible tokens where you can actually purchase them um, through our app as well. We have partnerships with um, the Masterminds of Hip Hop, um, announcement coming out. Um, Alan Iverson has just signed on as well. So we're releasing some of the NFTs. So um, I'll be releasing that information uh, soon. People like Snoop Dogg through our partnerships with uh, Tokayao Yu, which is a, um, a, a uh, NFT company as well. And we're also going to announce our cryptocurrency capabilities as well. And what we've seen in this pandemic is that our radar as a people have has, has risen. We know now understand what stocks are and how to trade. And we've been using all these things that we've seen, but we've actually been executing on that. So in terms of crypto um, currency, in terms of managing your finances, especially when it comes to rewards itself, our bank is focused on doing so. Um, and again, it's a free app. You get uh, within 30 days, I'm sorry, within uh, three days, three business days, you actually get your debit uh, MasterCard. You can use your app just like any other app. I use it on a regular basis. Um, and it's a great opportunity. And again, it's black owned. Um, so all the things that you would consider in your current app and all the monthly fees that you pay and transfer fees and overdraft fees, there's no fees like that on our app as well. So we want to want you to go to www.paybaby, that's P-A-Y-B-B-Y.com, learn more about the company and all the things that we're doing. And again, that's another opportunity because it's an entrepreneurship side. A lot of people think that you have to be in a corner to create something and, and not realizing that all these successful companies that have been created, that have been created with a team of people. 
it's not just one person. You have ideas come from different places. And what I've done in my career is I've learned that in order to be successful, you have to put yourself in a position with your skills, your abilities, and your talents in order to make sure that you are solid on your own. But you had two solid people together, now you're starting to build a foundation. And you get another person, next to you know you have a, a building, you have a one-story building, two-story building, next to you know you have employees. My goal as an entrepreneur is not to have one employee, a, a, a solo uh, a solo partner. That's not to me entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is when you are able to hire two, three, four, five, ten, a hundred people, five hundred people, and those people are relying on you because you are the owner of the company. That is what we should inspire to be. And I know everyone is at different stages, but if you are just if 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 you're if you're working for yourself, that's great, that's cool. But if you want to really change the way our society and our people and social economics of our community, I'll implore you to try to see how you could expand. If you're an accountant and it's you by yourself and you've been doing this for years, how to get an accounting firm? How can you start an accounting firm? If you're a doctor and you work pro bono, how can you start a private practice? These are conversations I think that are important in our community. We need to evolve. I won't say do better. We just need to evolve our thinking. There's more than we can do. You own a property, I own a property. You know what, why don't we start a, a real estate investment group? Shout out to Vanessa and Larissa. Let's start an investment relationship group. One thing I would say is that without information from partners, I wouldn't be able to purchase the property that I just, you know, that, that my family was just able to acquire um, last week. Uh, so those are things that we have to continue to do together. How can we really do this together? That's amazing. Congratulations on and buying that property. We can't end the discussion without talking about uh, the National Black MBA and you being the uh, VP of marketing for the National Black MBA. So let's let's take two minutes to dive into that. <laughs> I know I know two minutes is short, but let's let's take two minutes to dive into that. Let's talk about the National Black MBA. How has it been for you and, and your position on the board and, and stuff like that? So I have to say, you know, my opportunity to start the National Black MBA when I was in the part of the cash program, which is now <laughs> called the LOT program, which the person on the opposite side of this screen <laughs> is responsible for the LOT program. Thanks for everything that you have done. I was a high school student within the cash program, not realizing that I was connected to the National Black MBA organization that really set the stage for me to rethink my choices in life and how to propel myself. You know, the one of the greatest joys in my life is being part of this organization. People do not realize that our organization has been able to change the lives of people, um, not only financially, I think that's important, but also the, the support, the community, that I can reach out to people across the country and, 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 and connect with them for anything. And those people are very supportive. Being a part of this board, Andrew Hamilton, um, I couldn't thank that brother um, for the opportunity and um, and for all the people who are who, who labor in service because we know this is this is this is another this is like a double full time job serving on 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 our chapter. Um, we make sure that our members are getting the most out of our experience, um, and we put our members first. Um, you know, it's it, it's one of the greatest joys of my life, to be honest with you. And I can say so much more. Um, if you're not a member, if you have a, if you're looking to advance your career, if you're looking at, at 
at your lifestyle, if you're looking at leadership opportunities, education, looking to be a mentor, um, looking at entrepreneurship, go to www.nyblackmba.org and become a member, regardless of where you are in your career. Um, this organization um, it continues to surprise me. And also we have a lot to offer. So we don't have all the answers. So if you're looking to be part of an organization, a group of people who are really supportive of each other and really trying to propel our community going forward, please join, please reach out, please please reach out because we need people like you who are listening to really get involved. But it is I, 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 hours and hours of work and it's all labor of love. I, I mean, I couldn't say, I could say so much more, but it is a true, true labor of love. And without National Black MBA, I can say, I would not be speaking to you right now. There's so many different other, other different organizations, but let's just, let me just say this. Without the National Black MBA uh, as a focal point, as, as an opportunity to pivot and give me the opportunities, career opportunities, all my, my, all four of my last corporate, three of my last corporate positions all came from National Black MBA. Um, and there were career opportunities, not jobs, career opportunities, which, which really just changed the, the landscape of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I, I mean, I, 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 oh man, I, so much I can say, but it's really dear, it's really dear to my heart, it's an honor to serve. It is true, true honor to serve. So I really have to ask you this question. I can't end the podcast without asking you this question because I think it's so important. For, it's going to be so important for people to hear because they've listened to you talk about your journey, the projects that you're into and all of that stuff. I really want you to talk about, uh, just take two minutes, uh, talk about some of the challenges that you've faced because it's not all um pie cream and roses they're 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 bumps in the road that you have to overcome so let's say talk about two or three of the challenges you 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 faced and and how you how you overcame them so even recently um and i think it's important for people to really either mark that like write down or or record their their journey because i'm going to start doing that as well um I think one of the biggest things um, that we have to factor in is um, time and investment. Um, it's very, very difficult to live a life where you are managing multiple things at the same time. Um, and sometimes you have to pause. Uh, for me, pausing is praying. Um, sometimes it's just thinking out loud and I have, I have a huge level whiteboard here. Um, but one of the challenges that I faced here is family decisions versus entrepreneurial opportunities. Um, when to buy the house, when to, um, and not put that money into a business or vice versa. Um, I've had to add to that question. Um, I've had to think about percentages of how to deviate money, time allocated, um, when to volunteer, when not to volunteer, um, when to say no. I've learned to stop, to, to learn to say no. And that's been really difficult for me. I'm not a person to say no. I'm gonna say, yeah, then let's do it. Let's figure it out. I start saying no and people started and I start realizing that that was a good thing for everyone. Um, so one of the things that I'm, one of the things that I'm gonna start doing here and I'll share this openly with you is really sending some time out to sleep. Really send some time out for physical activities, working out, um, 
walking, that has been a huge challenge. And I think I'm in good physical shape, but but as this, you know, as you go on this journey, you start neglecting things like your temple, you know, your body. Uh, and that's something that's very, very important. So I say for me, that is going to be critical for me, especially because I didn't hit my prime yet and I'm 40. And I think that things are and things are great. This COVID, this pandemic, this kind of has really just highlighted the fact that mental health, physical health, and being true to your true beliefs and just saying no is really um, the obstacles. I think the true obstacles that we have to really manage in order for everything else to work. Business-wise, you're going to figure things out. You're going to figure things out. Things are going to work out. You're going to get the right people, but you got to take care of yourself physically and mentally. For me, that is crucial. Great. So we are winding down to the end and I want, I want you to give us any, any advice or tips that you have for business owners, entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs trying to fulfill their dreams and, and go for what they, what they want. I know since the pandemic, a lot of people have been rethinking their stance People have been rethinking where they are, whether it be in their jobs or their careers or family-wise. And we've seen a lot of birth of new entrepreneurs and business owners. So what, what, are, what are the advice that from your experience and knowledge that you would give to, to these people? Absolutely right. The first thing is to create a plan. At Be Accelerator, we focus as a business writer, business plan writer, it's important to write down your idea, write down your idea, your concept. You have to test out your concept to see if it's a business concept. It's critical for you to realize the difference between a hobby and a business. And then even from that perspective, are you now on an opportunity to build the resources needed in order for you to grow? You cannot do it on your own. So after you test out your idea and you have your business concept, think about the resources as you test, as you have your business concept, and you're testing out, you know, uh, you're doing your product testing, your service testing, figure out exactly what resources you need and get those people involved. Stop being selfish with your 100% of zero, okay? Get the people involved, give up that equity. It is okay you're gonna, because you know the right people to bring in. It doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect all the time, but bringing like-minded people who trust and who believe in the vision that you have for. The other aspect of it is be consistent. You gotta be consistent. I'm so happy about things that I see recently, how people are really just taking one step at a time, but they're consistent in what they're doing. Momentum is critical. Speed to market is critical as it relates to being able to get the momentum needed, but you have to be consistent. And lastly, you have to be in it to win it. I don't need to see you planning all the time. You have your plan executed, pause, adjust, and, and, and figure it and, and, and move forward further. But you have to be in it to win it. You cannot have, you cannot be in a room with other entrepreneurs if you're not at the event. You cannot be in an opportunity to talk about um, a partnership if you haven't done the work. You gotta do the work, you gotta be in the rooms and then you have to put yourself out there. Sometimes you're gonna have to take a chance and say, you know what? I don't know when I'm gonna get out of this opportunity but I'll get a learning experience that's going to propel me going forward. People think that, one move makes is going to is going to be the final move. No, it doesn't work that way. There are steps. Everything is a part of a step. And then you get to a step, you get to a floor. And at that floor, you're able to see where you're at and then move on to another level and you go up those steps. 
just like a stairwell. So you gotta be in between and have a plan. Number one, test out your product market to have your ideas to set your product, your service. Um, be consistent, okay? Um, have momentum um, and don't be afraid to fail. You can't be afraid to fail in this day and age. If you're failing, it's not because you didn't do it. I mean, it's not because something happened. You failed because you didn't try. Because as you are learning about yourself and learning about what you're good at, what you're not good at, you may be able to make the adjustments and tell yourself going forward. Great. Those, those are great tips, really great advice. Another thing I learned uh, in the past weeks, I was talking to, uh, her name is Dr. Sandy Webster, and she was able to sell, I think it was a marketing company of 150 employees that she built and was able to sell it. And one thing she said to me is that when you are thinking about being an entrepreneur business owner, think about long-term and also document your processes, document what you do. Because if you don't have those, and at one point you want to sell, how are you gonna sell if it's, if it's, not, if it's not documented? So that's definitely something, something that uh, is to think about as well as to, as you go through the process, you need to make sure that you're documenting, documenting everything. And what she said was definitely on point because now that company, if that person, if they didn't have those documents, um, doc, if they have the numbers, if they have their finances, they have those documents, the person say, well, I don't really know if I want to pay you that amount of money. No, I'll, I'll give you a quarter on a dollar. So those are very, very critical. So even as emphasis, practice, practice documenting, practice documenting your spending to practice documenting the work that you've done, your intervals, because I would even tell you this, as we talk about management consulting, you got to know your work in terms of how much you work per hour. If you're just working, you're not documented. Everyone has a cell phone. You can document how long it takes you to write a business plan, how long it takes you to do a podcast. So when someone asks you, what's your fee? And you say, after they get back to you, that's not a good thing. Yeah. You should know your fee. My, you know, my fee is $350 an hour. <laughs> okay. And this is what you're going to get. This is how long it's going to take me to get this thing out to you. Be yeah. realistic. You know, you you know your resources. Don't you'll not you don't have to like get back to someone. So what she's saying is on point. You got to be in it to win it. Document it, record, and go after it. Go after it. Go after it. And that is where we're gonna end, guys. Document it. Go after it. Just go after it. Thank you so much, Mr. Neville Barrington, for coming through to the Network Hour podcast and imparting some of your knowledge and experience and expertise to our listeners. And what I'm going to end with, I'm going to say, don't be afraid to fail. That is one thing. Don't be afraid to try. And you might surprise yourself when you get out there and you start doing these things. So go out, get it, do it, all of that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's a pleasure thank you so much molly congratulations to you and your success thank you so much this has been another episode of the network our podcast and i would want to say to you guys go out there live love and laugh and remember to take care of yourself thank you everyone goodbye <laughs>